The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. A special day for us today as we welcome these young people into our family of faith. But there's one person who couldn't be here today who I think we would also welcome into our family. His name is Ronnie, and he lives at Solano State Prison. Now you might wonder, what does he have to do with these young people? Well, he has many things in common. He was defiant of authority. He got involved with gangs and drugs and committed murder. Now you're probably saying, now wait a minute, these kids haven't done that, and I'm sure they haven't. Except God tells us that if we break his law in just one point, we're guilty of breaking the whole thing. But there's something else that Ronnie and these confirmants have in, pro in, in common. You see, when Ronnie was their age, 14, he ran away from home. Now, he didn't run away just down the street to live with his friends for a, a few days. He went all the way to the East Coast for several years. He wanted nothing to do with his family. Well, at one point, he did come back, and he went to visit his grandmother. And his grandmother looked him straight in the eye and said, I know what you have been up to. You need to come back to the Lord. Now, you see, Ronnie didn't just run away from his family. He was running away from God, too. Oh, he believed in God, but he wanted nothing to do with God. He wanted to live his own life, and he did and now he's serving many years in prison. Today is Confirmation Day, a special day in the lives of these young people where they are confirming or affirming what it is they believe. A special day and so family has gathered here to be with them. But when I say family, I don't just mean mom and dad and siblings and other relatives. I mean this whole group. Because this whole group now is your family, a family of faith. And that's today what we want to talk about. How you have become part of this family of faith and what that means. And this message is not just for them alone. It's a message for all of us. Our role in this family of faith. Today the words of encouragement that we will get from the scriptures are from Hebrews chapter 10. It was a letter that was written to Christians who were Jewish in background and because of troubles in their life wanted to run away from God and from that Christian family. The writer is encouraging them to stay with God in this family. Here's what he says. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, 
for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Did you hear him talk about family? Now, when we talk about family, we think of maybe some family activities, things families do together, like going for bike rides or other recreational things. We might also think of special family gatherings like this one. I hope they have name tags. Something else we think about family is what identifies them, how they look similar, perhaps, maybe in what they wear. Well, what's true about our earthly families is also true about our spiritual families. There are things we do together. There are things that identify us as the same. Throughout this letter to the Hebrews, there was many terms that were used that bring up that idea of family. Already starting with God, identifying him as our father. And Jesus, God's son, our brother. He addresses his fellow Christians as brothers and sisters and identifies all of us as children of God through faith in Jesus. This is a letter for families. And those words that I read this morning, he begins by telling us what this family stands for. That is our affirmation of faith. And that's what these young people are going to do today. They are going to confirm to us. They are going to affirm what it is they and we believe. In the words that I read, the writer identified several key things. First, he reminded us of this. To hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. We believe God is faithful. That is, not one word from his mouth will ever fail. All of his promises will be kept. Promises to take care of us. Promises to love us, to guide us and protect us. Promises to forgive us. Promises to give us eternal life. Now, sometimes you and I reflect on people and what they say. And we'll say, well, their actions speak louder than their words. In other words, we don't always trust exactly what they say. And sometimes they don't live up to what they say. But that's not true with God. His actions speak just as loud as his words. Because he is faithful to every word he has said. He does take care of us. He does provide for us. He does love us. He does forgive, and he will bring us to eternal life. God is faithful. But the problem is, we aren't. We're a bit like Ronnie. You might think, what? How could I be like a, a convict? Because we too have run away from God. Anytime we don't want to do what God wants us to do, 
any time when we want to say what we want to say and not what God tells us to say, we're running away from God. The writer to the Hebrews was talking to people who were running away from God. Because of the change of life, because of the troubles that being a Christian brought to their life, they were ready to give up on God and go back to their old way. But the writer was telling them, God is faithful. Now how will God deal with someone who runs away? For Ronnie, he's been forsaken by his family. Though they live in Northern California, they have never gone in the 20-some years he's been in prison to go and see him. Is God that way with us when we are unfaithful? How does God deal with our unfaithfulness? Oh, I know how we try to deal with it. We'll, we'll try to say, well, I'll do better. I promise. And we don't. We'll say, well, I've done these good things here. That certainly makes up for the bad things. But they don't. Or maybe we'll even say, well, I'm really trying, and that's worth something. And, you know, good enough is good enough, isn't it? No, it's not. For God says we must be perfect to be in his presence. Well, God is faithful. And here's how he deals with our unfaithfulness. He is forgiving. So loving and so faithful to his promise to save us, he sends our brother, his son, into this world to take on human flesh, to, to live our life for us, and to do so perfectly, so that his record of obedience will be given to us through our faith in him. Jesus took all of our guilt, all of our sins upon himself, and, and lived then as our substitute under God's wrath to be punished for our sins so that we will not be punished. Though he died, he came back to life three days later. So to make a declaration that sins are paid for and death is done, like him, we will rise again and live forever. God wants us to know that. And so in his love, God has given us gifts to assure us that he is forgiving. The writer told us, it's by the blood of Jesus and by his body that our sins have been paid for and we have been redeemed. And so God gives to us that actual body and blood in Holy Communion so we have that assurance of forgiveness. The writer also reminded us that we have been cleansed, we have been washed from our sins through that water of baptism. In baptism, God puts his name on us. You remember when we started catechism class, we asked, I asked the question, who are we? And we talked about how we are children of God through our baptism. I spoke of there being 12 miracles that happen when we are baptized. Sins washed away. The righteousness of Jesus clothing us, faith given to us, brought into the family of God, having God's name put on us, and many more. 
is a miracle. Through baptism, God has brought us into his family. He wants to assure us we are forgiven. We are his forever. Ronnie might feel forsaken by his family, but he knows he's not forsaken by God. Nor are we. The Apostle Paul reminds us, so in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. That's our affirmation. That's what it means to be in this family of faith. So don't run away. Don't run away from God or this family. The writer of this letter was encouraging those believers to come back to God. He was warning them of how easy it is for somebody to walk away from God. He used two illustrations. One was of a ship coming into a harbor, but being just a little bit off course. And the more it was going, the more it got off course. Don't get off course from what you have learned about God. He also described it as a ship out on the sea, being blown by the wind and waves, and just eventually goes off in a different direction. Don't let things blow you off course from what you've learned about God. The Apostle Paul gave us that same encouragement when he wrote, Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. You hear his encouragement to you? Don't be blown off from God by what you hear out there. Hold on to what you have. He goes on, instead, speaking the truth in love. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. In other words, what he's telling us is hold on to your faith. Hold on to that hope as if it were an anchor that despite the winds and the waves from our society, our world, that will blow and try to get you away from God, hold on to that hope. And that hope is in his word. So hold on. Stay with this family. Now, as I said before, families do a number of things together, various activities that identify them as families. And it's also a way that they will be together to encourage one another. And so the writer also gives us some things that we are to do to stay together as a family. Here's what he said. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So let me give you three activities of our faith 
to keep us together as a family. First, to worship together. That's what he said. Don't forsake getting together. And by that he was talking about worship. Worship is important. Worship is proper. Because it's our way of expressing our praise to God. The word worship comes from an old English word, worth-ship. Which means it's a way that we express the worth and the value of something. How important, how valuable God is to our life. And so it's proper that we gather to praise him. And as we do, God will also bless us. God will build our faith. Because here is where we gather around his word. Here is where we hear his truths and have our faith strengthened. But parents, these kids aren't driving yet. Thank you. So they are going to need your help and encouragement to be brought to church regularly. Because as I reminded you last night at our banquet, the building isn't done. The work has to continue. We must continue to raise and guide them in their young faith. Worship is a family activity. And so is this, dining together. Now I know we as Lutherans just love to eat. We love our different meals. But I'm talking about a different kind of dining. I'm talking about this holy meal, the sacrament of Holy Communion. Holy Communion is a special sacrament because there God has told us that the body and blood of Jesus is really there in, with, and under that bread and wine. I can't explain how it is other than to say it is simply a miracle. God has said it is there. And the reason it is there is because he wants to give us assurance of forgiveness. He encourages us to take it for the forgiveness of our sins. And so we encourage you to commune regularly. Now, I know you guys like to eat, too. I don't think that you would just be satisfied with one meal a week or even one meal a day. We know that it takes more than that to keep our bodies going. And so it is we need to be regular in taking the Lord's Supper as well as hearing his word to have that faith strengthened. And as we do, we are also expressing our oneness. Just as families will get together for a family meal as a way of bringing them together for closeness, so it is when we commune. We are coming together as one family of faith to encourage each other in that oneness. So let's eat together regularly. Now the author also said, do not give up meeting together. And the reason why, he said, is so that we can encourage one another. You see, it's encouraging when we are in the presence of each other. Because we are together for that one purpose. To grow in our faith. And to serve the Lord. Imagine what it would be like if you were on a team, baseball or basketball, whatever it is, and you were the only one who showed up for the game. Do you think you would do well against the opposing team? Probably not. Or what would it be like if you were on a team and you all got together for the game, 
but everybody else just sat on the bench. You were the only one out there playing. Or what if everybody did go out on the court or on the field, but everybody decided to do their own thing and not work together as a team? You couldn't be successful. And so it is that God encourages us to get together so that we can encourage one another in our walk and in our work for the Lord. As we get together, we talk about our faith. And no more precious or powerful are the words that we bring to God on behalf of others in prayer. Prayer is powerful because God hears and answers those prayers. And prayer is also encouraging for family members. How encouraging it is to know that your name and your needs are being brought before the throne of God through the prayers of others. Simply being together as a family tells us something. It tells us we care because God cares. So my encouragement to you is make these activities a regular part of your life. Plan them into your schedule. You see what's missing from that word? You are. Don't you be missing from church or from this family of God. Because here is where God will bless you with his word, with his love, with his grace. Here is where we grow together because we are family. Amen.